Manx Radio Podcasts, powered by Shaw. Hello and welcome to the Women's Day Podcast, a collection of all our best bits from the past five days. And it's been a bittersweet week as we've said goodbye to Kate and hello to Christy Dehaven, who's going to be joining the team in January. We've also been joined live in the studio by two oral health nurses, found out about plans to provide support to local single parents and talked about Major Tim Peake blasting off to the International Space Station. But first, Nuala Perrin joined us in the studio. And as I mentioned, our guest wants to give us all some TLC, but in this case, that actually stands for the Lady Chauffeurs. And we are joined live by the woman who launched her own independent private hire enterprise last year. That sounds very grand, doesn't it, Nuala Perrin? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Did you pass your driving test first time is what I want to know. Yes. So you've always been quite confident out on the road, love being out on your... Absolutely. And... um used to do different rep jobs and jobs where I was driving up and down England and so it doesn't doesn't faze me driving I I actually find it quite therapeutic and what is it then about that that just I don't know just made you want to make a a full-time career out of it because it's a job that doesn't have set hours first of all yeah um I just felt that there was a bit of a need maybe for a female presence on the road in the evenings um in the Isle of Man and um I went to work for telecabs because I moved over here to look after my dad and it suited me working nights. And uh, the more and more I was out working in the evenings, the more and more girls would ask for me for my telephone number. And um, I didn't think it was very fair on telecabs. So I spoke to them and then um, started up the Lady Chauffeurs when I, on my own. Um, we will be talking more about Lady Chauffeurs a little bit later, but I have to ask you, isn't one of the reasons that you really like doing this job is because you're a little bit nosy? Yes, I'm very nosy. <laughs> I like going into people's driveways and looking at people's houses and the plants they've got in the garden and just getting to know about everybody. And we do a bit of a little counselling sesh, you know, and got mascara in the glove box. So if they've upset with a boyfriend or something, we just glam them up a bit and take them to a different nightclub. You know, it's all part of the service. So what goes on in the cab stays in the cab. Absolutely, with lady chauffeurs. (laughs) Well, people may guess from your accent, Nuala, um, you are originally from the East End of London. Did you never fancy taking on the knowledge and being a, you know, a black cab driver? No, over that's, there. That, that would, that, that's so much training and so much knowledge that I do like history so I do know quite a lot about the Isle of Man and I know quite a lot about London but that's a really long long serve apprenticeship I think it takes nine years now to actually fully pass the knowledge so it is something that they're considering getting rid of what do you think of that um, I think that the um, if you get a good taxi driver, they can save you money and they can show you places and they can take you to things. And I think it's learn. Um, I think Uber and the other stuff that's that's coming along is um, I use it when I'm abroad because you know you're not going to get ripped off and you know everything that you know you know where you're going. You can see where your taxi is. You don't get that. I'll be ten minutes and half an hour. So yeah, you, everyone every industry's got to move on, hasn't it? Really. What about sat navs then? Do you think uh, a, 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 you know, your typical sat nav is as good as someone who passed the knowledge? Um, no, not really, because they, they 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 can't give you the information about the areas and even on the Isle of Man there's taxi drivers that have been here for years um, even on the sat nav you can't find it and you ask one of them and they know where it is immediately so you know they're f- fantastic. So tell me about little Nuala then what was your childhood like growing up in East London? Uh, it's really fun um, 
believe it or not, my mum was a novice nun. So it was quite religious uh, upbringing we had. And she went into closed orders and she prayed for four years. And then she decided it wasn't for her. So if you said to my mum, what's the date today? She said she was Irish and she said it was a feast of the holy, whatever it was, you know. Um, and so uh, she brought us up to have sort of a belief that you can do anything that you want to do as long as you don't hurt anybody or do anything like that just help everybody and, and your life would be great so we had all four of us had a, I was the eldest and it was just amazing absolutely amazing and what was it that you wanted to do I wanted to be a dolphin trainer <laughs> <laughs> but I thought you just played with the dolphins in the swimming pool I didn't realize you had to train for eight years to be a vet and then do another two-year course after that. So that went out the window quite quickly. I was like, really? Oh, life's too short. But I love the fact but, you actually did look into it. You yeah, took I it did, quite seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mum said, pursue it and see what you think, and then we'll sit down and talk about it. And she said, what do you think? I said, no, that's, no, 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 I don't want to do that anymore. So what was the second choice then? Um, I kind of, I was always in retail and uh, quite creative. I went to art school, got art degree. Well, you went to art school, and uh, didn't you get most promising student of the year? Yes. Um, organising all that's only because I ran the bar and organised all the gigs and stuff like that so it was like I'll leave it to Nula she'll organise that she'll sort that out and that's really how my life's been things have just the paths just evolved you know going from being the youngest manager in Topshop and Oxford Circus to being the project manager the assistant to the project manager on the Channel Tunnel I don't know how that happened but it just it just moved along and and being a taxi driver on the Isle of Man, it just, just happens. Life happens, doesn't it? You just roll with it. Well, just tell me uh, about that top shop job that you had in Oxford yeah. Circus. I mean, did you realise just, I don't know, how important that was at the time? No, and, and I was running concessions like when I was 16 and, and helping with windows and at store openings and things like that. And there's a thing in Topshop called a cost centre report. And at 16, I was, it's like a profit and loss. I was reading those. And I think that's what was in my in, ingrained in me from quite a young age about how to make money and how to be more profitable. And, and no matter what happens, especially I've done a lot of project management in my time, no matter what happens, the project's got to be delivered on time. You've just got to find a, a way around it or a new way of doing it. And I have to say, I think that all came from from sort of the top shop background, you know, the, it was an amazing company to start off with, you know. You mentioned you came over here in 2008 to look after your dad. Yeah. That was quite a difficult time for you. Yeah, uh, my mum had passed and um, um, being the eldest, um, it sort of all fell to me. And then we thought that my dad, because dads are supposed to be big, strong and brave and, and not feel anything, we, you know, we sort of, we were all busy grieving ourselves and then we came over and saw the way that dad was and we hadn't really considered him because um, he was ship's captain he'd been away all his life and he'd, he'd retired from the sea and then my mum died he he you know he needed a bit of looking after he looked after us he used to be a, a diver in California and when he met my mum I came along they got married and he gave all that up and so it's only right that you look after your parents isn't it I think anyway so so we stayed and looked after him but you're Husband still works away, so you kind of have that long distance marriage at the moment. Yeah, How has that worked? <laughs> <laughs> so romantic. We've been married uh, 10 years but lived apart for sort of six of those. So we just say that's a secret to a happy marriage? Absolutely. <laughs> it sounds like it worked for your parents as well. Yeah, did, so. yeah. Well, I think that's it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm used to not having a man around, so it's quite, you know, but it's lovely to have him around and he's wonderful. 
and, uh, just get that in quickly. Yeah, get yeah. that in quickly. Um, I mean, you know, there's so much to talk to you about. Um, you worked uh, at M and Co over here, so still kept in with that retail. You were massively involved in charity fundraising. You got a Heroes in the Community Award. Uh, you're a TT Marshal. I mean, there's so much to what you do. I mean, how do you define yourself, Nuna Perrin, on a day-to-day basis? Um, I don't really know. Just I like to be. I have to be engaged. I get bored and naughty very quickly. I'm like a child. Oh, really. are there any stories? <laughs> Not on air. <laughs> um, and so I like to be. I like. I'm used to project management, so I like to do things. Also, I've worked all my life, and I'm 52 now. I've never had any children, so I've never ever had any career breaks. Or so you're looking at a CV of someone who's sort of from the age of 15 till 52 has always worked and and. Um, just got on with things really if someone needs some help or something i'll just you're pretty glammed up today still interested in fashion uh yeah how would you describe the isle of man's fashion on a general basis um isle of man's fashion actually you're quite trendy and um top shop does really well here um it was a crying shame that bond um what was that girl shop that pulled off the island I can't, probably can't mention it anyway. But no, yeah. no, no, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, can't mention it, yeah. So there's, um, but actually, and it's very glamorous. Lots of people at night time, you'll see them out in their finery and um, dicky bow ties, they'll be in the outback with a tuxedo on, the girls will be in the outback with the ball gowns on. <laughs> in your tux. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think it's quite, it is, it's quite on trend, very, quite on trend, I think. Well, Nula, thank you so much for being our guest this afternoon. Thank you even more for the little stash of sweets that you brought in. Can't help noticing, though, you've already been into the macaroons. Yeah, they were lovely. Mm. <laughs> that, the naughty that was a naughty streak. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to tease some stories out before the end of the show, I'm quite confident. You're listening to him today on Manx Radio FM. And something rather exciting happened this morning. Ramping up to flight speed. And liftoff. Liftoff of Tim Coper, Yuri Malenchenko and Timothy Peake on their way to the International Space Station. Yes, Major Tim Peake blasted off into orbit on board the space capsule from Kazakhstan. The 43-year-old is on his way to becoming the first British astronaut to visit the International Space Station. He's going to stay there for six months, conduct dozens of experiments, and he's going to be orbiting 240 miles above the Earth. Setting off at 11.03 this morning, the three-man international crew reached orbit in just nine minutes. Their journey is expected to last just six hours. The takeoff was watched by his wife, two children and his parents and speaking beforehand his mum Angela was really rather excited for him. We used to joke when um, this first started I said I wish you could be a banker (laughs) and work in a bank then I'd know where you were every day but no um, this is his dream and he's lucky enough to be able to fulfil it. As was his friend Phil Tell. Nobody's too nervous everybody's just extremely positive and excited Um, and that's that's really come from Tim. He's got no fear whatsoever. He spent six years training for this moment out there. He really is. His brother-in-law, Dave O'Connor, says Tim is a great ambassador for the British space industry. Incredibly dedicated and professional in everything that he does. And he works very hard at it. But he's also a really nice bloke as well and uh, with a great sense of humour. And that's something Tim Peake's been stressing in interviews too because writing in the mirror yesterday, he said... I'm about to achieve the greatest dream of my life. Tomorrow I will leave Earth to fly to the International Space Station. It is a great honour to become one of only a handful of British astronauts, but I'm already looking at trying to inspire the next generation. Somewhere in Glasgow, Manchester, London or Birmingham, there is a young boy or girl who will hopefully 
fulfil their dream like I am. Or maybe someone from the Isle of Man, who knows? What do you think, though? Did you watch that takeoff earlier? Is it going to inspire a new generation of space travellers? Should we actually be encouraging more young people to consider a career in science, engineering, or even as an astronaut? Let us know what you think. Women Today at MaxRadio.com. You can text 166177 or head to Facebook. And we are at MR Women Today on Twitter. Uh, Kate, you did watch it this morning. Quite exciting. I did watch it. And you know what? It was amazing it was absolutely incredible and um just the build up to it on on the, I was watching the live stream and it was just really 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 emotional and I'm not going to lie I did kind of well up and cry because it was just so exciting and there's something still so kind of mysterious and magical about the idea of going into space saying that the actual idea of doing it is the most disgusting, horrible, terrifying thought. It makes my palms sweat just to think about being in a rocket and being that far from home and not being able to just run away. And ugh. I find it, I find it genuinely, it makes me feel sick. The thought of being in space. What a great noise that was! Uh, Thank Joe, you. did you watch oh, Takeoff? I, I actually thought it'd be a good Joe on the Go feature for next year. I think we discussed <laughs> that in the office before, weren't we? Shame, six years training for it though, and I'm definitely not fit enough. Um, yeah, I didn't watch it, but I was listening to it. It came from nowhere. Suddenly this morning, this guy's going to space, and yesterday I didn't know anything about it. I think I missed something. Um, but really, really exciting. The point I loved was when his mum said, um, "You know, she's more worried about him going on the M27 every day than actually going up into space." Um, it broke my heart though hearing his son who's only four years old crying and you know saying let me go with you daddy and that's really hard but six months so we'll go in no time I think that is the thing that would really get me as well but I tell you my um, eldest son was really excited about this this morning he was watching Newsround he's actually addicted to Newsround can very sensitive yes. yes you absolutely can be addicted to Newsround it might make you follow a career into broadcast journalism <laughs> um, Nula, you were told when you were younger that you could do whatever you wanted. Did you ever consider a career in space? In space, no. <laughs> it's too scary. I think I'm with you on that one. Well, you don't feel like acting like a human guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's really interesting when we're thinking about um, inspiring the next generation because um, Tim Peake is also encouraging children to get involved with his training regime and he's going to be training uh, for two hours, I think it is, a day aboard the space station. And over the six months he's there, he's asking children to cover the 250 miles from space to Earth. So whether that's on a, a bike, running, walking. Um, I'm guessing you think that might be a good idea, Joe. Maybe, oh, I think it's maybe a great idea. Maybe that's a challenge for you, love. Hey, Yeah, if I was fit enough. Uh, no, yeah, that's a great idea, isn't it? It's a huge inspiration because he's also going to be doing the marathon, isn't he, while he's up there. And um, I, yeah, what an inspiration. And also, as you say to younger kids, and definitely they should get on board and do it. I think this is a really great opportunity um, for schools to get involved in this and to get really excited about this because I think you can talk as much as you want about, say, physics or maths or engineering and science, but to actually see someone putting all of that work into into action it makes what you learn at school actually seem important and like it will make a difference in real life uh, do you know something else that really uh, grabbed us this morning was tim peake's mission um with his musical taste really um because as he waited for blast off he listened to queen's don't stop me now as well as beautiful day by you two and cold plays a sky full of stars so very quickly if you were waiting for takeoff uh what would you be listening to kate do you know what i am um, as you know i am absolutely terrified of flying 
thing. I hate I hate going on a plane. And I was once on a plane where I left my uh, you know my headphones in the seat arm on their jukebox on a long haul flight, and I woke up to hear um, free falling. So yeah, yeah. So anything that doesn't relate to flying, so no kind of flying without wings or anything like that. Joe, what would you be listening to? Uh, it has to be elbow one day like this or take that greatest day. Nula, Rocket Man. Ah, <laughs> interesting choice. Um, let us know what your choice would be. One double six, one double seven. You can email women today at manxradio.com. Uh, Tim Peake was overwhelmed with messages of support from politicians and celebrities. And Elton John actually tweeted him from one rocket man to another. No. Good luck. Yay. Gonna be high as a kite by then. I miss the earth so much, I miss my wife. It's lonely out in space on such a time. In this flight And I think it's gonna be a long, long time Till touchdown brings me round again to find I'm not the man they think I am at home Now, at this time of year, possibly more than any other, it must be incredibly difficult to be on your own. And if you're a single parent, especially so. Well, a little later, we're going to be hearing about an organisation which is going to be set up over here to support single parents by giving them guidance, information and hopefully friendship. And it's our guest today who is behind it all. Uh, Carrie Yates, where did the idea to set up a local branch of the UK-based charity Gingerbread actually come from? Hello, thanks for having me. Um... It's just come from my own experiences and the experiences of friends and people that I know that sometimes, you know, you bump into another single parent and they sort of look as strained as you and you think, wouldn't it be good if actually I could speak to people more that know the same struggle that I'm trying to face as well and get together and make more friends, have a bigger support network and your kids can all play together whilst you're attending these groups. Tell us about your own situation then. What happened to you? Well, I've been a single parent for most of my son's life. I've just got one son. His name's Dylan. He's eight. Um, and it's the classic thing, really. You know, you've got all the struggles and every child has a different... You could all be a single parent, but every single person has got a totally different story, whether it's you know, postnatal depression or something that you've faced for a long period of time or a child's illness that really shape what kind of parent you end up being. And I think single parents as well have that big guilt association and that big feeling of having to be, you know, multifunctional, I can do everything. And you've got to fill a father's role as well as your own mother role. It's really difficult. Um, but for me, I, it's been a difficult eight years, no denying that. Um, but it has got easier and I feel like I'm in a position now where 
not that I wouldn't say that I'm an expert in parenting just like to make that very clear I'm not um but I feel like I could probably provide some support to other people and hopefully might even get support from other people as well if I'm having a tough time. I mean, Karen, you mentioned postnatal depression there, and that's something that, that you suffered after the birth of your yeah. son. What do you actually remember about the, those first few weeks and months of his life? Very little, to be honest. Um, it's, uh, it is kind of like the first year or two of Dylan's life, to me, are where everything happened and everything changed. And now, honestly, it's something I have a very small amount of memory of. I didn't really take many photos. My parents took pretty much all the photos that I have of Dylan of those ages. Um, It's sort of filed away, I think, in my head. I have small snippets of memory, but most of it, it's literally just gone away. I I think my own mind just pushed that away once I recovered from postnatal depression. so. And how long had you been with Dylan's dad before the separation? We'd been together for years. Um, it was very much a sort of young love. Um, and we actually, for, we get on pretty well. We still get, we've got a lot in common, so we can be friendly to each other. Um, but we have, we struggle a lot. But yeah, we'd been together four years and then unfortunately it just didn't work out after everything changed when I had Dylan. So, And in terms of, of working out um, who was going to look after Dylan, I guess there was no suggestion that it wasn't going to be you who was going to be his primary carer. No. And it wouldn't have been, obviously, that I think we would all agree that most of the time the child does need to stay with their mum. But no, there was no two ways about it. I think that's the case in most situations, though, isn't it? So I think um, we were reading statistics today which suggested that 90% of single parents are actually women. Yeah. Um, so it would seem to be the norm, mm. if you like. I think um, single dads are more common now, though. I know at least five single parenting dads. and But it's strange because all of those single parent dads seem to have them 100% of the time. Whereas, obviously, if you're a single mum, a lot of us still have that time where our kids or our kid goes off for however long they go to see dad. A lot of single dads that I've met don't have that time, actually. And in terms of things like sorting out access, again, speaking for yourself, how easy has it been to arrange things like that? I'm thinking particularly at a time like Christmas when it must be really difficult having to share your child. Yeah, it is is difficult. I mean, I think every couple or you know split up couple have slightly different situation though because it all depends on what's happened how you fe- how connected your feelings are to the situation our, our feelings and emotions aren't connected to it at all so it's all quite practical which is great but for most of people I don't think that's the case at all I think you're still really emotional everybody's highly fraught with emotions um, but I've found that We've had difficult spells, especially at first, um, but I've had a long period of time now where Dylan's got pretty good stability, really. Do you think that time is an important part of the process, I guess, to get your head around what's happening, to to sort out all those kind of logistical issues? Well, it's a massive life adjustment. You, You know, when you get most of us, it's very rare that you get pregnant and know that you're going to be a single parent. It, it is really rare. So you've planned it to be one way. It's like any change that gets thrown at you, isn't it? But this is one of the biggest changes of life, really. 
suddenly you're going to be a parent with someone and the next minute you're like oh my god I've and got how, to do this by myself <laughs> how does it compare to your own upbringing Carrie um totally different my parents are married still married now um have very much been together and done things together as a family throughout my childhood so this is totally different and you talked about um, guilt and the, mm. the guilt you feel as, as being a single parent. It, uh, what sort of things are you specifically talking about there? I mean more like you're constantly second-guessing yourself. You think, would it be different if it was if me and Dylan's dad were still together? What would we do differently? Um, and just feeling like, am I providing the child with everything that they need or, or not? You know, But you've got to tell yourself you are. You've got to do that. And what would you say then are the main challenges that being a single mother really poses for you? There's so many. It's hard to define. Um, But I think the main challenges is going to work or choosing not to work. That's enormous and it really affects everything else. Um, Stuff like childcare, that's also a nightmare. Um, because a lot of the time single parents work purely to pay childcare. Um, I know I did the first, up until Dylan was about five, I was paying purely just to pay the, I was working just to pay the nursery. Um, But do you want a career? If you want a career and you're committed to it, you know, you've got to decide to stick with that. Um, Everything's an issue. But it's the same with a parent who's got two you know there's two of you you've got all the same issues it's just that you haven't got that second person to help you make those choices so we're going to be talking about um gingerbread a little bit later and that is really aiming to to as i say reach out to single parents not just women i mean obviously it's more likely to be to be women who i guess will naturally gravitate towards a group like that there wasn't a group like that though when um, dylan was very small so where did you get your support from I got most of my support from, well, my parents are so dedicated to Dylan. They absolutely adore Dylan. Um, And the same with Dylan's dad and Dylan's family as well. Um, But my friends as well. My friends who have got young kids especially, like I've got a couple of really, really good best mates who um, have been to my house. Like my best mate, Stacey, she's amazing when I had postnatal depression she was in my house pretty much most evenings sitting through Dylan's colic with me so the screaming screaming the house down and me like not always dressed struggling to keep a lid on it all and she would sit through the night with me she's got her own kids she's brilliant so I don't know where I'd be without that support Women Today brought to you by CityWing.com for your next flight away Now, we want to know if you think under-16s should be banned from using Facebook. Well, by the end of this week, it could be illegal for any European child who's under 16 to use Facebook or Snapchat or any other messaging service without the express consent of their parents or guardians. But is that really a good idea? Let us know what you think. Women Today at ManxRadio.com. You can text 166-177 or go to Facebook or Twitter. Now, this ruling would be the result of increasing the digital age of consent from 13 to 16. 
And basically the digital age of consent really means that children under 13 are given extra protection online, which is why the likes of Facebook haven't allowed children to join until they become teenagers. So the European Parliament is considering this change, but both social media companies and many child protection experts don't think it's going to work. Jason Roberts has got more details for us. A last-minute amendment to Europe's data protection regulation says the processing of personal data of a child below the age of 16 years shall only be lawful if and to the extent that such consent is given or authorised by the holder of parental responsibility over the child. So, in other words, online firms won't be able to deal with anyone under 16 until they have the permission of parents or guardians. According to several online safety experts, however, this will make children more vulnerable, not less. In an open letter, they say changing the age limit would deprive young people of educational and social opportunities in a number of ways, yet would provide no more and likely even less protection. And others argue that social media has provided a vital lifeline for troubled teenagers and the risk is now they won't be able to go online in search of help. Well Jason Roberts with those details there. Um, we appreciate there are plenty of children already using Facebook and the like with and without parental consent so I think it's worth asking if changing the age limit is going to make any difference anyway. So what do you think? Should under 16s be banned from using Facebook? Is asking for parental consent going to stop teenagers. Let us know your thoughts on this one, one double six, one double seven, at womentoday at manxradio.com or head to the Women Today Facebook page. <laughs> There's something quite ironic about that, I think. Uh, or we are at MR Women Today on Twitter. Joe, you've got a teenage daughter. Do you think her having to ask for your consent would make any difference at all? <laughs> no, I'm afraid not. Um, she would just fake permission, basically, if need be. I'm not sure how this can possibly be achieved when the age consent is 13, but still you've got eight, nine-year-olds doing it. And obviously, if it's linked and it needs parental permission to be on at 16, I'm not quite sure it's going to make any difference. One thing that I pick up from um, the news story there is uh, deprive them. It's deprive depriving kids if we take them off Facebook. How is it depriving them? I don't agree with that either. I think, you know, we manage fairly well without um, the social and educational whatevers of Facebook. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't there then. Yeah, but we but don't suffer exactly, from it. Exactly, but it's not like everyone else had something that you didn't. It's like, I, I think there is a really important educational part of social media in terms of socialising and being involved and if everyone else is doing something and you're not you are missing out on the kind of educational lessons that you learn through that type of socialising. You're missing out on a lot of conversations that your friends are having without your participation. Yeah but you could be having those conversations in real life. But if you're what if you're the only one that's the thing I think you are then depriving a child. But that this is the point is that they wouldn't be the only one and as a, a parent I mean obviously my children aren't anywhere near that age and please god I hope they haven't got Facebook already but you'd never know would you? But um, they've I... added me, Beth. They've sent me a friend request. <laughs> the oldest one keeps poking me, so I don't know, no idea what's going on. But you know, I would feel a lot more secure. I think, and I know I've said this in in conversations that we've had before. I would really like there to be an age limit, but there um, is sixteen. Yeah, but thirteen. Is, yes, no, there is. thirteen is too young. In yeah, my but opinion, even it is too young. even ten year olds are on it with a thirteen year old parent. Um, um, they fake their dates of birth. So mm. even though it's thirteen, they're still going on at ten. They just fake it, and even how are they going to get parents' permission? Do we have to write a letter to Facebook, or how do they actually guarantee that it's from us? Do they? Li- <laughs> One thing I thought of yesterday, we had this discussion about it, even just yesterday, as I said, the possibility is that they link it to the parents' account, so that's the way that they get permission. Because how else can they guarantee they've got parental consent? I just think as well, like it goes back to the fundamental point that if you 
ban someone from doing something and say you can't do that until you're 16 you've just made it 10 100 times more attractive at 14 to go oh look at me i'm breaking the rules by doing this if you weren't that interested in the first place so then what's the point in having an age limit at all let's just say you know what you can go on facebook as soon as you can use an ipad which for some people is is like that is basically happening that is basically happening now you say the art of conversation it's interesting because my son last night was doing carol concert and he had to wait around in the back in the gym area maybe before he went on stage for a couple of hours and he said can i take my ipad and i said but the thing is is before we had ipads we'd sit and chat what did we do when we were hanging around at school waiting to go up on stage we weren't on our ipads and i had this vision of all these kids just sat there as they do all on their ipads and not talking that's what they'll be doing they look like drones yes <laughs> but the thing is and i don't know how you feel carrie but i mean i had a very quite an idealistic view i suppose of what sort of parent i was going to be we were like we were never going to let them play on their ipads on their boat journey they'll just be out playing sweets and chocolate either that never happened so i don't know i just i do though really worry that we are breeding a generation of children who do not know how to communicate properly and somebody said to me once you know um is that what they find with young people nowadays is that you say hello to them and they barely grunt back at you because oh, they've, they've been got saying that about oh. teenagers forever though haven't they it's quite it's true just... they've got a head and a phone though it is a bit different but, but they've been saying these kind of things oh that, that new generation have got this and they don't know how to do this anymore and i think we really really have to be careful that you know we're also all on facebook and we're doing that as well beth aren't we we not are. in the morning i've kept stuck to my <laughs> uh, new year's resolution one though. thing sorry Okay. Go on, go I'm on, Joan. It's fine. We've lost the ability, you. the skill of conversation. Obviously, we have. On. We don't know how to communicate. That's no, my, the problem. I am the Facebook generation. I've clearly lost the art of communication. So, <laughs> yeah, on. you just grunt at us every day in the <laughs> office as well. One thing that I have noticed for definitely is different now, though, is play dates. Kids don't have as many play dates from the ages probably of nine, ten years upwards because, in actual fact, they're communicating on social media, whether it's going direct messaging on Instagram or it's on Snapchat. Kids don't come round to each other's houses as much and they're not socialising face to face because they all do it through a screen that's the thing I'm not saying that I think that's brilliant I think of course young people need to learn how to communicate with each other learn how to communicate face to face learn how to communicate with adults but the fact is they are still communicating they're just doing it in a way that was different to how we did as children and I think the problem with this to go back to the idea of, of, of banning under 16s is then what do they do if they get into trouble online at the age of 14 and 15 and that they you know someone sends them a message they don't want to receive or someone approaches them online they have already broken a rule by being on the internet and being on social media how can they then come to you and ask for help if they've already broken the rules that you've set but they're doing it that at 10 anyway as I say, there's 10-year-olds on Facebook and it should be 13 that they need the permission to be on Facebook as well. I'm with you. I don't think it'll make any difference. It's not going to make any difference. I think, again, it, it just makes it more and more appealing. You say that at least they're communicating. However, if I'm honest with you, they don't know how to communicate because they read things very, very differently to how it should be said. Because if you're sat in front of somebody and you've got a smile on your face and you're saying something as a joke... They appreciate maybe that it might be a joke, but if it's written in text, they're not mature enough to understand the meaning of it. Yeah, but I just think we, we are overdoing 
that kind of idea because you think about it, people always wrote letters people have always communicated you didn't read letters to each other when you were 10 years old between each other at, when I you did. went home at school oh, when did. you went home after school you wrote a letter to each other you had your pen pals and stuff you always get we have always communicated through the written word we're not doing anything differently it just happens to be online we're oh, it's still communicating though. it's excessive you don't write to your school friends when you get home and then see them the next day these guys don't stop communicating they actually sometimes need a break yeah. Do you know what? I, I, I really would be happier. I can't I wait think. for Kate to have children. Sorry. <laughs> I would be happier if the legal age was 16. It would just make me feel a little bit better that there was some idea that actually just don't do it till then. Please. Do you not just think they'd be... They'd be I, I completely understand. Of course you don't want them to be online. But do you not think then if you ban them until they're 16 and then you've kind of kept them away from it and suddenly at 16 they go into it completely bright-eyed and naive. That's they'd be a bit more mature. Yeah, but at least they'll be a bit more mature. Aren't they? And I just think if everybody is banned, then nobody's going to feel that they're the only one left But they'll out. just create a know. new social media oh, site and a new one and a new them. one. They will. I don't like it. Uh, yeah, welcome <laughs> to my world. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dave's texts say Facebook's killing conversation how many of your so-called friends do you really care about what they're doing most people swipe through Facebook stuff unless it is a close friend uh, what are the people's thoughts on this thing yeah Susie says it's ridiculous it would just make it more interesting and exciting if you were to put the the, uh, the ban to the age of 16 um, she goes on to say parents should talk to their children about the pros and cons of social media and encourage them to consider how they use it some adults are as ill-informed if not more so than 15 year olds and Carol says nope they are addicted from 5 to 6 years old to computers etc and it is the parents who have encouraged and allowed them to use ipads and phones uh, now do you know what this text makes me feel a little bit better the word ban is a word that frustrates me educate is a word i like so instead of telling children they can't why not teach them about the positives and negatives i have six children who have all grown up in this new world that frightens our generation we live in this romantic world that it was so much better in our day facebook is like a front door but all front doors have keys use them oh well oh, sad yeah, that is text of the day, mm. I think. Now, I think I may have mentioned before how worried I get when I take my children to the dentist. And even though I think as a family, we're pretty good when it comes to having a dental routine and brushing their teeth. I do have that fear that when they sit down, the dentist is going to take one look in their mouths and say, nope, sorry, all their teeth need to come out. Uh, so we are going to be talking about oral health today, everything from safe snacks to the importance of a home dental routine. And we are joined live in the studio by two oral health nurses, Charlie Romans and Patricia Newson. Thank you so much for being here. Um, particularly liking the uh, festive jumper there, Charlie. I'm feeling very Christmassy today. Oh, love it. Um, when you tell people what you do for a living, can you sense them checking out your smile? Definitely. Yes. Everyone does. Can I just Hide ask you, um, have you got any feelings? Yes. Yes, oh. we do. Okay, I feel a bit better, Ooh. actually. <laughs> we have been so stressed downstairs, sort of talking like this and not actually wanting to smile at you. I mean, is that normal behaviour? It is. It is when we, we meet find. people, yes. <laughs> what exactly then, Charlie, does your day job involve? Through the day, um, we assist the dentist um, providing care for the patient. Um, we also, most of our job, I'd say, is communicating with the patient, making sure that they're as relaxed as possible so the experience for them is comfortable. And education, as prevention is the key um, job for our role anyway. And Patricia, what was it that made you want to go into a job like this? Um, I, I'm not sure, actually. When I... I I started off on um, working at a dentist on a Saturday when I was still at school and um, it wasn't something I thought, oh, I'll be a dental nurse. But once once I had got that job, I just 
love it. It's it, it's been a brilliant job for me, and I, I really enjoy working. So yeah, I'm really happy that I kind of fell into it, but it's worked out really well for me. And Charlie, what about you? How did you get into it? Same as Patricia, actually. I just kind of fell into it, but it's quite addictive <laughs> once you started. And I really enjoy helping people. That's the main thing. And also, once we started um, gaining more qualifications, that's always helped as well. It keeps an interest in the job and the specialist areas that we can get into. And um, in terms of, of training them, what do you actually need to do to become a, an oral health nurse? You need to do the NEBDN um, qualification for dental nursing and you also have to be working within um, a dental practice as well so you can gain the experience required. And at the end of that, you'd go away and do an exam. Um, and hopefully get your qualification. Now, we do hear some pretty shocking statistics about the state of children's teeth here mm -hmm. on the island, uh, particularly, I'm thinking, when it comes to under fives. What, Patricia, is the general situation? Um, on our last survey, um, the situation for the Isle of Man was we had 29% of five-year-old children had experienced um, tooth decay. Um, so it kind of works out as uh, in a child's mouth they would have more than one tooth that would either be decayed missing or a filled tooth um, we kind of compare to the northwest of England which is kind of one of the worst areas in the UK um, their, their average would be 1.29 so we're, we're just a little bit under what they, they would be but so so if we go in and look at a children's mouth we will find almost all children will have had some experience of decay why would you say then it is so bad over here? I think it's just um, a kind of an education thing um, and, and it is hard. Um, we like to provide our children with nice things and sugary foods and drinks are nice and children enjoy them, we enjoy them. Um, and so it is just getting the message across that um, sugary things frequently cause tooth decay. Um, and if we can restrict when we have the sugary things to a meal time, so um, breakfast, lunch and, and tea time, and, and the in-between times have the non-sugary things, then um, that's one of the main ways of helping to prevent tooth decay. And the other way, of course, is, is toothbrushing. Please correct me if I'm wrong, but... I'm under the impression that in the UK they add fluoride to the water and we don't here on the Isle of Man. I mean, is that adding to all of this? We don't add fluoride into the water on the Isle of Man. Um, it is quite um, a contentious issue. Um, some people are for it, some people are against it. Um, there are areas in the UK where it has been added. It sometimes occurs naturally in, in water, um, but um, it's not something um, that is um, once, you know, I don't think it would ever happen on the Isle of Man. Mm. Um, so you can actually get um, enough fluoride by brushing really well twice a day. Should they be conscious of what toothpaste they use, though? Because when I first moved back over here, my friends were saying, make sure that as a child that they don't use the children's toothpaste, they use adults' toothpaste. That's correct, yeah. We would always recommend, and in fact, we call it family fluoride toothpaste now. Um, so the fluoride content should be 1450 parts per million fluoride. Um, they do you can have access to lower amounts but we would always recommend the higher um higher amount and also for children under three we would recommend a smear on the toothbrush whereas over three a pea-sized amount um, if someone has got a higher risk of tooth decay then a high strength fluoride can be prescribed by the dentist but that would be patient specific for them i'm interested in what you said there charlie about somebody having a higher risk of tooth decay because mm -hmm. 
I would say that I've got some friends whose children have experienced tooth decay and I know that their dental routine is pretty good. Are some people just more susceptible? It can be for other reasons. It's if they had a medical condition um, or a physical um, disability, things that could impact maybe their oral health regime, that sort of thing. And um, For example, someone that has um, cystic fibrosis that might have to have a higher intake, calorie intake, doesn't necessarily mean higher sugar intake, but if they're still consuming um, more calories, it can impact um, their risk factors. But we always take that into account as well for that person as well. So that would be the higher risk categories. Just going back to the toothpaste, how do you convince a 12-year-old who doesn't like the taste of mint to use toothpaste? Um, well, actually, um, it doesn't have to be a mint one. So um, Tesco's do their own branded toothpaste so it's like strawberry ice cream flavor and it actually has the right amount of fluoride in it so it has the 1450 parts per million of fluoride so it's actually the amount rather than the flavor it's the fluoride amount that you're looking that's for that's really in interesting i've looked at those and thought they can't be good surely yeah them. they must no, have sugar in them yeah but they're actually okay it is it's the yeah if you look on the label for the amount of fluoride that's what what you'll want to look for and i did hear as well that actually you know we tend to think that the more expensive brands are the ones that we should be going for but that's not necessarily the case either no that's not the case um as long as it has the correct um amount of fluoride in it it doesn't matter the cost of it um so you can like trish said um trish said it was um the Tesco's own brand that had the correct amount of fluoride so it doesn't have to be and other of money other generic toothpaste ones you know any from anywhere uh, yeah, if yeah. You just look at the amount of fluoride that's that's the key do you think we all get a bit kind of brand loyal when it comes to our toothpaste I think it's one of those <laughs> yeah. things that we we find a toothpaste we like it's probably one we've had for quite a long time and we just keep getting the same one and we're a bit scared I think sometimes to try a new toothpaste until your teeth become really sensitive and you go to that well-known brand that you have and I think that comes with age <laughs> <laughs> um we're going to be asking or uh, specific questions about a dental health routine a little bit later if you've got any questions do get in touch with us women today at maxradio.com or you can text one double six one double seven you can also go to facebook or twitter and um, the other thing when we think about um, our teeth is obviously a fear of the dentist and this is a pretty common um i would say how do you deal with that charlie when you've got a patient who really would rather be anywhere but the dentist chair the main thing is just a bit of TLC with them, to be honest, speaking to them about what they're afraid of and trying to come to um, where we work. We have um, other options available if they are frightened of coming to the dentist, sort of sedation that we can provide. Um, but that, again, we would be like person specific that we would um, go through that with them. But I find just a bit of TLC goes a long way and speaking to the person you know anyone else that attends the dentist all those guys as well we know how frightening it can be it's someone in your personal space um so just speaking to them and trying to make them feel more comfortable talk to them about anything and just relax them that little bit and as a parent i mean i mentioned how scared i get when my children go just in case there is anything wrong with their teeth and you know i have got that fear of being judged yeah and everyone does when they come in but we try and um comfort people by we're not judging them at all we're just trying to um, give advice to prevent anything from happening happening in the future um, so yeah we don't judge we don't okay it's a bittersweet moment now people on the one hand I am very excited to be revealing who the new member of the Women Today team is going to be but on the other it means I have to acknowledge the fact that Kate is actually leaving yeah 
I'm going to give you the face. I'm giving you the I, face. I've been feeling the face for a long time now. Thank you. Stop Beth. smiling then. I'm not smiling. <laughs> I'm not. Uh, but it is an absolute pleasure to announce that come January, there is going to be a ginger in our midst. Yes. And she is certainly no stranger to a microphone. And when she appeared on the show back in August, it all went terribly smoothly. Rissy Haven, thank you very much, Shep. Be be being here. Good job. <laughs> I need a script. Do you know Clearly. what? I think she's starstruck. Yeah. Don't expect me to talk to you because I might say something that I'm not supposed to. Don't expect me to look your way in case I lose myself and my emotions straight up. Don't ask me to be your friend in case I burn the bridge. It took me so long to mend it. Don't take this as a personal front. I'm just a little bit worried that I'm a girl under my ears. Christy Dehaven. Am I allowed to speak now? You are allowed to speak now. You've been very good sitting on the sofa it's there. It's been really difficult not to say anything. I really wanted to. Hello, everyone. <laughs> so you were on the show back in August, and it obviously yes. didn't put you off. I mean, you saw what it was all about. You saw what we were like, and you, you came back for more. And I still came back. Yes, I know. I'm crazy. I'm a are girl you sure? Undone, I have to ask you, are you sure? I think it's probably a bit late to back out now, isn't it, really? <laughs> yes, yeah. it is, Christy, yes. yes. I think it is. <laughs> yeah. um, interestingly, Kate, we did write you, or I, I, I did write you a, a little poem earlier, and, and you have I've, I've scribed one okay. for Christy. Oh, right. my word, I am honoured. As I say goodbye to the show, I know that I'll miss Beth and Joe, but I'm happy to say that as of today, Christy DeHaven's going to give it a go. Yeah! yeah that's I, awesome. I give you nine and a half. Yes. Uh, All right, so that's that, we're going to start on that level, she's are going, we? going, I have to be nice. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> um, so, Christy, what are we going to expect from you in Kate's shoes from January? Uh, apparently, lots of cake and sweet things, which was a really appropriate thing to bring into the show on the day we had dental nurses. <laughs> I'm, I'm surrounded. I, I was trying to curry favour, so I brought in uh, cupcakes and mince pies and everything. Uh, we can expect, um, well, I'm, I'm just hoping I can even remotely fill the shoes that Kate Aww. is leaving behind because she's brilliant. And we had a bit of conversation before, um, well, a couple of weeks ago, and we were talking about this, and Kate sent me a lovely message saying, it's just a shame we're not going to get to work together. And I wholly agree because it would be great to work with Kate as well so you know I think she's staying we should have four ladies oh, oh dear the eyes are filling up so I'm Holland. not going to cry until tomorrow oh no. don't um, but interestingly and very excitingly um, it's not only going to be women today that you're doing mm -hmm. that's true I have been uh, offered a fantastic slot on a Sunday afternoon which again um, it's uh, going to be it's called Sunday Soundtrack and it's going to be lots of live sessions from local artists because I'm a massive supporter of the local music scene over here. So we're going to have live sessions um, and also it's going to be sort of lots of varied music throughout the show. So yeah, it'll be great fun. It's a while since I've done anything like that. That's me and you sorted then. Oh, I'll sing off. We're going <coughs> to go on to Christie's show, the two of us, and do yeah. our duet after yes. all this time. Oh, yes. I'm so excited if now. If you don't do that, I will be terribly disappointed. And we'll do it in Manx. With wow. Manx, right? That's okay. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> that, okay. that, that look on your face doesn't go I'm with the words more "wow." I'm more terrified. Actually. <laughs> I'm getting more and more relieved, Christy. Okay, can you come back and play the tambourine for us? Mm, I'll Skype you. Um, I do have to ask you. We were talking about mistletoe. We have been talking about yes. mistletoe throughout the uh, show. Surely you must have been kissed under I mistletoe. I've never been kissed under mistletoe, and now I feel aggrieved. Oh. I'm going to find some. I think. Uh, once I lose your, you said there's lots of it around. Where do I find mistletoe? Best being kissed under the mistletoe. So that's me and you, Christy. We're out in the town. Yep. We're going to hit the bars and we're going to get the mistletoe out. 
Yeah. Right? Yeah. The sad thing is that I find out um, tomorrow because the, the, the whole lot of this mistletoe campaign has been pushed by Morrison's, a superstore, and we haven't got one here. So oh. you're going to have to get on a boat and go and buy it. Apparently they've got bumper crop over there. So yeah, just a little day trip to Liverpool. Find a Morrison's, you'll be fine. Go so on that's... the Women Today Facebook page and someone's recommending where you can get over here. No. Christy, you'll be all right. <laughs> uh, well, Christy, we are so excited to welcome you on board. And we want as many people who are interested in coming in the show, who've got ideas for the show, who've got ideas for your, your Sunday programme as well, to get in touch. Absolutely. Absolutely, please do. You know, we, there's an awful lot of topics out there we've yet to cover, and there's so so many fascinating people on the Isle of Man that we'd love to have on as guests. So, yeah, do do keep in touch with us. Well, if you would like to give us any ideas, not that we're we're desperate for them because we've got plenty of our own. <laughs> uh, but women today at maxradio.com. You can also go to the uh, Facebook page. We'd like a few more likes on there, probably um, before Kate goes. You'd like to, you know, get a few I'd like more. to. I'd like to finish with a solid couple of thousand. That'd be yeah. nice, but. Might lower my expectations a little bit. Back to Facebook again, Beth. <laughs> yes. Well, this is yes. the way forward. Listen, Christy is with me on this. Facebook and Twitter is the way forward, yeah? Yes. Yeah. Just yeah. because you've removed the app from your phone. I have, and I've not been on it, and it's just, I just feel cleansed. You you want to see when I walked in here, and there was four ladies exactly. just sat around, all sat on their phones, talk, not talking to each other, just yeah. all sat on their phones and chatting away. We were, I was tweeting for Women Today. So was I. Yeah. I was tweeting mm. a photo too. Mm. Mm. I was retweeting it. Thank you for downloading and listening to the Women Today podcast. We can't believe that we've made it to one year on air. And to celebrate, we've put together a collection of just some of our highlights. Good afternoon. It's Monday, January the 5th. It's just gone two o'clock. And for the first time on Manx Radio, you're listening to Women Today with me, Beth Espy. Me, Kate Holland. And me, Joe Pack. We're joined live today by Victoria Kizik, who founded Tabitha's Trust with her husband after their baby daughter died at four hours old from a rare congenital disorder. Victoria, thank you so much for being with now, us. Now, we were expecting to be joined today by a psychic, but due to unforeseen circumstances, they have been unable to come in. So, Kate, uh, we're talking about sport. Tossing then isn't much of an option because it's just they're just going to fall to bits, to bits, you know, make a bit of a mess. Normally, they just won't stand it. Because apparently, there really is a right or a wrong way when it comes to hanging your toilet roll. And incredibly, the issue has got its own Wikipedia page. Brains, not boobs. Charlotte, uh, we always ask our guests if they have any ideas. You're looking... Um, I think maybe pizza pie. Ah! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it's called ego surfing, but how many of us would actually admit to it? Yep, we're talking about Googling yourself. Sounds a bit wrong, really. But according to a study by the Pew Internet and... <laughs> <laughs> okay, according to a study by the Pew Internet... Joe, you are up first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, Joe, your first question. How do you spell Kawasaki? K-A-W-A-S-K-I I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry, you missed out an A. <laughs> oh, God, it's... Do you know what? Someone's just walked up to me wearing it on their T-shirt. You're too late. <laughs> Good afternoon, it's Thursday and this is Women Today with Beth Espy, Kate Holland and Joe Pack. On today's programme we're joined by Katie Mellia and James Tosland who are here to support the charity. Ooh, pick paying. a time, take a time. Beth, what did you just accidentally say into your uh, translator? I didn't say that! I didn't say that you were listening to me. Well, I just so happened to have my guitar in the car. I wasn't threatened on Facebook to be sent home to get it. 
or anything like that. So yeah, it's an honour to be the first live musician that you uh, that you've had on here. I knew at some stage he wouldn't be with me forever, but I guess I, I, there was part of me that still thought I'd be, you know, 60, 70 in my rocking chair, crazy old lady with cats, you know, shouting at him in the garden. So it was, it was a huge shock, uh, you know, something you can't really put into words, what happened, I guess, really. When did you find out, uh, so I suppose, the extent of what had happened to her, that she had been um, murdered and who she'd been killed by? We actually didn't know how she had died because the police hadn't told us yet and we were in staying at my mum's friends and we'd actually gone onto the BBC News and it had been reported. I always introduce Carol and Sandra as two of the most remarkable people that I've ever met and, and I mean that absolutely sincerely. For them to go through what they've gone through and give that back in terms of standing up and talking to young people and letting them know what it means in terms of the hearts and minds side of the business, they are remarkable women. I think there's many things in my life that it's clear that I now regret. Um, I don't think listing them one by one is really going to help the nation in any way. It's half past twelve, and uh, and this girl's going to give me a big kiss. Um, <laughs> oh, thank you ever so much for that. I, I just don't want to make a fool of myself, I think is, you know... Do people make fools of themselves sometimes? No. no. OK. <sighs> I'm fine. Do you use the F word? No, not that one. Uh, feminism we're talking about. How do you feel about condoms being handed out to teenagers at high school? I have mixed feelings about that. I'm not... Are you sick of talking about the X Factor already? <laughs> no, I think just elongate the 15 minutes as long as possible. It's great. And to talk about this in detail this afternoon, we're joined by, as I say, three experienced journalists from across the island's media. Therefore, nearly... All abortions are conducted off-island and social abortion, so basically that unwanted pregnancy that we're talking about, is still illegal here. We've also had an email from Laura who says, Can you give my friend Hannah Foreman a shout-out? She misses home and is listening all the way from New York for some Manx goodness. Oh, is that, is that a shout-out? Is that how you do a shout-out? I've I'm never known sure. how you do I a shout-out. Hi. That's Hi. a shout-out. Hello. Hello, Hannah. Hey. <laughs> really, really good. Is it quite emotional? Feel quite sad? Yeah. I can see you feel a bit tearful there, so it's going to be a special place for you to come and remember Joseph as well. Yeah. In my opinion, today is an historic day for the Isle of Man. We have the first openly gay leader in our history. One of the people I did, I was in 50. Oh, <laughs> Beth, you said he wanted to have his voice disguised. You knew that was coming. It is quite <laughs> difficult to understand, isn't it? Um, are, you, are you wanting my opinion on this? Or are we just moving swiftly on? Well, if or? you can give it to me in 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time. So they say you should never meet your heroes. I'm a little bit nervous. You're going to let me down. Oh, gosh. No pressure. <laughs> Soon it's 3pm and it's time to go. But don't be sad because the Women Today team will be back tomorrow. Love, CC age eight. I said, are you going to be my girl? Well, we're off now until January. So until then, have a very Merry Christmas and a very happy and healthy New Year. Thanks, as always, to our amazing guests. And as ever, it's never too late for you to get involved. Head over to Facebook, find the Women Today Facebook page, and you can comment there, or you can follow us at MR Women Today on Twitter. And you can listen again to the full programmes on manxradio.com or join us every weekday live from just after 2 o'clock. 
Don't sit in the slow lane. Join the fast lane right now with Shaw's all-new Superfast Plus Broadband. Enjoy more bandwidth, amazing speeds and the best value on the island from just £23.95 per month. So don't be left behind. Get a piece of the high-speed action with Superfast Plus Broadband from Shaw. For details, visit our stores in Douglas, Ramsey and Port Erin or click Shaw.com. Love being Shaw. Terms and conditions apply.